Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcat Alley Podcast. Alex Margatulio, my boy Juice Thompson, number twenty-two and a half. Uh, just, just, uh, it's been a, it's been a tumultuous week, Juice. Um, obviously, Man. not the topics we want to be speaking of today, but like we'll go into it. It's a new season. We got to play each game as a new season. But first and foremost, we'll break things down. Um, tipping things off, though, Juice. Tell me how you've been. What's been up with you and the family? Anything new? Man, man, been doing well. You know, still coaching. You know, I'm still coaching seventh and eighth graders. Our first game is next week, Monday the 23rd. And, you know, still doing my training thing. So get to be home with the family. So it's been That's good. Right. What's been going on with you? New year off to a good start for you? Yes, sir. First and foremost, shout out Juice Hoops. Go go follow. Give him some oh, love. Make it Chicago oh, land players better session by session. Hey, um, hey. We're seeing results, so I, I, I like it. Yeah, cool. I like it a lot. Cool. Well, yeah, everything's good here, man. I'm excited to talk to you about uh, this week. Uh, obviously, you know, not the results we want, so let's jump into X's and O's here. First and foremost, let's break down that Rutgers game. What are some of your key takeaways? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were hanging in there from the beginning. You know, they would pull away with the lead, but I didn't feel like, you know, we were completely out of control. I felt like we always... We're in striking distance. You know, I think the highest lead they got twice was 10 points, and we always found a way to make a run. You know, I think we ended the first half down five or six. Then in that second half, you know, we finally figured out, you know, ways to get stops and create some easy baskets for ourselves. And you see, we took that lead when we went on two of those big runs that we've been having all season in that second half to get that, you know, six-point lead. But, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, I really enjoy what I saw from Rutgers. I like how they switch defenses because, as you can see, that kind of kept Northwestern on their toes. They couldn't really get into a rhythm against a zone or a defense. So that kind of, you know, played a part. And then, as you see, you know, at the end of the game, you know, they made that big shot and we came down, had a turnover. And then, you know, we missed the three-pointer. And Coach Collins had the option to call a timeout, but he didn't. And as we saw in the press conferences and everything, his reason for not doing that was so Rutgers didn't have a chance to set up their defense. And as we saw, you know, they're a great team defensively, number one in the Big Ten. So it came up, then they had some players make some big shots. Seems like you got something, something you saw yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I wanted you to comment on the, the timeout situation. Uh, being there and being a point guard in that situation, would you rather – take that all the way to the basket or try to get something within the flow of your offense? Or would you like the coach to settle down, call timeout and get more of a set run action to, to see if you can get a better look? Mm-hmm. So with that, yeah, the first play on the turnover where we had, I would personally prefer to have that as yeah. a live ball situation. Down one, right? You know, yeah, that's what we were down one. down one, push it to the basket, you know, try to get in the lane, you know, draw and kick, get to the basket, finish or get to the free throw line. But a situation after that, they make the free throws, even though they're doing a great job of setting up their defense and causing some problems. The second one, I personally would have went with the timeout to try to get something. We had, what, six seconds. Yeah. We got the ball up to half court with four, three or four seconds. So I would have tried to draw something up from that. From your experience, what would you like to go with in those situations? Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely would have taken the timeout on the second go around down three. Although at that same time, it does – it does allow Rutgers to set up their defense. It does allow them to potentially foul and put you on the line uh, down three. True. So I think it can go either way. I think at that point in time, we were a little helter-skelter. So if we were um, 
you know, if we were in a little bit more flow offensively throughout the course of the game, I know we did just go on that run where we scored on nine straight possessions or so. Um, but I thought in the last mm-hmm. couple of minutes, we kind of were out executed by Rutgers. So um, at that point in time, I would have liked to see a timeout and then really have the ability to draw something up. You have a great mind in the huddle of like Brian James, who is known for Absolutely. drawing up last game scenarios. So I think we could have taken advantage of our resources a little bit better, especially when we were a little out of sorts, it seemed like. Definitely. And, you know, before we even got to those two situations, you know, that big shot by yeah. Spencer, you know, that was a big shot for him, you know, as a team. What, Rucker shot 10 for 18 from the three-point line. Team shooting over 50, 60% from the three-point line. It's going to be tough to yeah. beat him. And with that, you know, what were your thoughts, you know, on that play for the three-pointer? Because I see a lot going on, people on yeah. social media talking about that defensive play. I have my opinion on it with some things that I saw. Was anything on that play or the last couple minutes that you saw that we could have done better? Yeah, let's let's break down that play specifically, and I would love to hear your, your yeah. input on it as well. I thought it was a really good and well-thought-out play by Rutgers. They ran a side, clear, a side ball screen. Um, with their big guy, Amorier, diving straight to the basket and then cleared out. The single side was for Cam Spencer to pop out of the corner mm-hmm. and have that roll replace action, and it took advantage of our help defense. I think Chase helped maybe a step too late, and then ultimately you know, was, was late closing out on Spencer, who was a knockdown shooter. So um, I think it was a little bit of miscommunication on our part. Um, I'm okay giving up the two mm-hmm. there, uh, especially to, to preserve the three and at least get a shot at overtime. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. in the moment, that's a really tough play for an instinctual guy like Chase to, to really calculate. Cool. So, um, but in the huddle, I would have liked to say no threes, no threes. I know I was in the stand yelling no threes. So um, mm-hmm. that was one of those plays where I just give up the dive potentially or fake hard at that guy knowing you have to close out hard and run out um, and run off that, that Pat Spencer off the three-point line. So what was your take on it? It was definitely a Euro-style action, yeah. which you ran – you know, exactly. to the death of yeah. people overseas. So what were your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, that's a tough action to yeah. guard, like you said. And for, you know, those who don't play or understand the speed of the game, like you said, for a player like Chase, his instincts defensively are unmatched. You know, he's playing at an all-Big Ten defensive player of the year level. It's hard, you know, when things are going that fast, moving that fast at that pace, especially in a current situation like that. So what I thought from that defensive play from the beginning, I would like to see Matthew Nicholson read that boot got over that screen as easy as he did because, you know, Matthew Nicholson stayed up high on that possession. And with that, that's where the help, you know, everyone knew they needed to help. It was kind of like a panic situation. So if Nicholson can read that, get back faster, that will allow Chase to stay with the shooter. And, you know, you have to give credit to Rutgers. They ran a great play. They started out with McConnell on that same side as Spencer, and he cleared it out just to have that one roll guy there, you know, Spencer coming up, lifting when the big guy rolls. But when they saw that, I would like to see Robbie Barron be wider, have his hands out to take away that pass over the top to the corner to McConnell, which you would live with because if he skips it over the top, then Julian Roper, who I would have liked to see stay in the middle and protect that roll so Chase can stay with the shooter, that gives him time to close out. And in that situation, it's McConnell who's in the corner, who's a 20% three-point shooter. That game, he was 0 for 2. And with that, if Barron was in that stance, he's still close enough to close out on Hyatt. So I don't think Chase, you know, it's hard in that situation, but 
things could have been done to avoid all of that extra yeah, that's a, nickel yeah, sink. That's a really bag. good point. Yeah, it's a really good point because um, when you think about it, single side guys should not be helping on, on that role, right? And you're and it's right, tough. And you're leaving, like, we'll leave McConnell in that. And, and if he hits that three there, you know, kind of so be it. But Spencer yeah. at that point was like yeah. five of seven from three and right. uh, was really lights out the entire game. And, and I know you and I were both high on him coming into the matchup. And that was like a key case yeah. of kind of like know your personnel, right? Um, you know, you talk to each mm-hmm. other in the huddle and say, hey, I'm not leaving this guy. Uh, if, if anyone's going to beat us, it's got to be somebody else. Even if that point guard's coming off that ball screen to the left, let's see him make a pull-up jump shot to, to, to yeah. uh, tie the game or send it to OT. Like, I'd much rather have other guys come off and try to beat us than leave Spencer on a, on a wide-open throwback on a shot that he knocks down, you know, at least 45 to 50% of the time, especially the way he was cooking. Yeah. And big players make big shots. You have to give credit to him. He had the courage to take that big shot, and he just knocked it down. It looked like he was really confident going into it. So, you know, a few defensive breakdowns, things that we can adjust and change, but – you know how fast that goes in the game. You have your defensive principles in place. So that was a play to learn from. But I think, you know, going down the stretch, future games, we can learn from that and try to avoid those kind of things, especially late in the games to try to win these close games that, you know, we're always right there close and able to win. Yeah. So, Drew, what do you think of the the offensive deficiencies we have? Like, what, what are your thoughts on what we could potentially do better? Uh, I look at the stats and we're one of the least efficient offensive teams in the in the Big Ten, uh, I think we're like second or third to last in three-point field goal percentage and last in overall field goal percentage. Uh, I know the foul line has, mm-hmm. has helped us a little bit at times, although these last yeah. couple games we've struggled. Uh, what do you think we could do differently um, offensively to really get us over this hump and, you know, again, have that offense catch up with our defense once again? Yeah. For offense, I would like to see us, you know, move that ball side to side. The first one of the first few plays of that game against Rutgers when Boo Booey hit the first three, our first three points, there was a high pick and roll for Chase. He found Matthew Nicholson on the inside. He immediately kicked it out, I think, to Robbie Barron. He swung it to Ty Berry, back to Chase, and then from there, gave up a good shot for a great shot. Boo's wide open in the corner. It's really hard. It's tough defensively to chase the ball around that long and remember Ohio State did that to us too and you know with that if we can continue to move the ball side to side I think that makes it harder for defenses that's going to tire them out and you know with our with our defense being the way it is that's only going to help us so I would like to see us get you know higher quality shots especially from the three-point line I feel like we have a lot of those one pass shots for threes or even some possessions Whoever brings the ball up, they might be the only person touching it in a my possession. Least favorite ones. So I would like to see that. <laughs> my yeah. least favorite I would possessions. like to see yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we gotta move that ball around. You know how it is. When that thing is going side to side, moving and you're getting rid of, you catch it, don't have a shot, you're passing a dribble and making a play, that's tough to yeah. guard. That ball carries energy, right? It's like it, 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 the more people touch mm-hmm. it and, and the more hot potato it gets, it, it seems like it lights up in your hand and when you get that when it gets swung around. Uh, you know, the, the cycle and you catch it last ready to shoot. You know, a lot of times those go in because, you know, you had crisp passes. Everybody's on the same page. We move it around side to side. Yeah. The ball gets reversed and the defense doesn't have time to recover. So I love that possession. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to credit Rutgers. I know you mentioned this earlier, but that press that they uh, that they implemented really caught us off guard yeah. and just took us out of our rhythm offensively. Uh, we yep. have a tendency to get into our sets a little late. 
and don't have a lot of free-flowing type motion action. So by them pressing mm-hmm. us, by the time we were in the, for- the front court, we had 17 seconds left uh, to really mm-hmm. execute a play, get in the right positions, and run uh, a-, a complicated set. So uh, I credit them. It was, a- it was a really good game plan. I thought we made great adjustments in the second half, pushing the ball, playing off the miss, um, and really beating their defense down the floor. Uh, I think that really got us some fresh looks, some good looks, and some easier baskets down the stretch. So um, it was a valiant effort by the boys. Uh, we really did a really good job yeah. fighting back. And that's one of those games you wish you could have stolen, right? Like it was one yeah. of those games, that, mm-hmm. like, hey, you probably had no business winning, but you fought hard. Mm-hmm. You let the crowd get back into it. Um, you used that emotion to your advantage, made some key plays down the stretch. And then, you know, obviously a couple breakdowns in the last couple minutes cost us. But that's a game where you steal later on in the season. You're like, ah, you remember that Rutgers game that we got out? Um, playing a horrible game, but ended up getting a dub against a top 25 team. Like that's a, that's a huge um, character win that we could have built off of. But again, there's a lot of things to learn and heading into the Michigan game, you know, it was, it was another case of a a slow start for us. Um, But again, we we fought hard. Uh, I feel like we did look a little bit tired on occasion, you know, obviously making those big runs, uh, having to come back from a you know double-digit deficit a couple times in a game does wear you out, and we're it's a tough. little lean on the bench right now. So, um, what are some of your keys yeah. that, that you saw, which which obviously didn't allow us to to get a dub on the road, which would have been another crucial one. Yeah. So before we get into that, you know, we got to shout out the student section at that Rutgers game. You know, they expanded the student section by two hundred. The fans they showed up and showed out again. You know, they were loud. That was really what helped us, catapult us to get that lead in that late in that second half when we went on like a 12-2 to run. Fans were loud. They're screaming. They're into it. So definitely got to shout the student section out. You know, we really need their support going forward. But, you know, going back into that Michigan game, you know, we got off to a slow start again. You know, it's like they're throwing that first punch. You know, I think we had a really good game plan, a doubling in the post. And, you know, that caused a lot of turnovers for them. You know, I think they had a season-high 18 turnovers throughout that game. But there were also times, you know, with Hunter Dickinson being the player that he is, you know, he saw that double team coming. Personally, I would have liked to see us, you know, sometimes wait for him to take a dribble to throw a double team opposed to always going to double as soon as he catches the ball. You know, just to throw him off guard so he can't really yeah. read it. But, you know, some of those times that ball was moving and you have to give him credit. Even though he didn't have a lot of assists that game, he still had those hockey assists where he's kicking it out of the post, swinging it opposite side, and then they're kicking it to an open person. So that was really good. And, you know, obviously, defensively, we didn't, you know, rebound the ball that well, and we had foul trouble, something that's been scaring you and I both, you know, with our thin front court, the lack of depth. Once we got into foul trouble, that really kind of hurt us. And I know you've been big on Robbie Barron. We got to go small ball and see – how that was a real good thing for us. So is there anything you saw from that? And I know you've been high on Barron, so I'll let you speak on him and his game. Yeah, I really like that lineup, and I thought it was a great adjustment. I love the timeout that mm-hmm. Coach Collins took to really rally the troops. Um, you know, we got popped early. Michigan was, was really executing effect, uh, effectively and efficiently, and the ball was popping for them. And then their guards, their young guards, who you and I said are going to have to – you know, really performed to beat you, they really did, right? They came to play. Bufkin um, and Doug McDaniel had, you know, really nice nights. Bufkin, a super efficient 18, Mm -hmm. and then Doug McDaniel hit some huge shots in the first half and, you know, kind of controlled the game early. 
Uh, I, again, I, I love the timeout that Collins took. I thought it re-energized the crew. Went to that small lineup. He and got drew, into them. Yeah, but he, it drew Dickinson out. It drew um, Big Reed to, to come play on the perimeter. And Robbie really took advantage of that, uh, making two he nice did. left-handed drives to the bucket um, with finishes, drew fouls, and then was had the ability to, to step out and, and knock down a couple threes as well. So um, he was a huge energy boost, a huge lift, and obviously got us back into the game and allowed us to take the lead uh, heading into halftime. Yeah, and one other player from that game, even though Chase didn't shoot the ball well, his defensive commitment, you know, he's playing at a high level. Right now he's my pick for defensive player of the year. No five steals, you know, he's – you don't see that that often. You know, someone getting five steals in the game, but he's consistently doing that where he's getting four and five steals. You know, obviously, like you said, guys looked a little tired – you know, he was still able to get his shots off, but shots weren't falling. And you have to give him credit for still staying locked in on the defensive end. You know, Boo, he had a really good scoring night. I mean, he didn't shoot it as well as he usually could, but he was still able to knock down some shots and, you know, keep us in the game with making some of those shots. But comes down to it, got to rebound the ball, and we're going to have to find a way to stay out of foul trouble because going forward, you know, in the Big Ten, as you know, you're playing against good guards and good bigs. And right now our front court – is, you know, we're going to need some help in there. So guys got to stay fresh and stay out of foul trouble. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I'm, I'm really happy with the production of Brooks Barnheiser, uh, providing a lot of yes. extra toughness on that front line. He's provided a lot of vers- mm-hmm. versatility as well. When we go to that small lineup, he's always, you know, he always has his nose in the action. Uh, he's diving on the floor he's first for loose, ball, loose balls. Yeah, he really mixes it up. And as he evolves and as he gains more confidence, I think the offense is going to come. So, um, his commitment and intensity on a defensive end, uh, as well as being that kind of jack-of-all-trades type role player for us, uh, has been crucial. And then I got to commend Boo yeah. Booey. And obviously, you know, he's not shooting the ball well. He'll be probably the first one to say, like, he has to be better from three. Uh, but credit yeah. to him for taking the ball to the rack. Uh, he got a, you know, he had a couple fouls not called um, as he was taking it yeah, to the rim. his finishes in there. The other, the yeah, other he day. had some crafty finishes. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. like, I feel like in years mm-hmm. past, like, he could have, um, you know, kind of faded back in, in a lot of those those games in, in prior years where now he's kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm not – my shot's not falling. Like, I'm going to continue to stay confident and shoot him when I get him. But I need to attack the basket. I need to get to the foul line where he's shooting 90% um, and really make up for it in that aspect. But if you take a look at, you know, we're, we're 13 of 26 um, from our guards and only got 38 points, right? If we're shooting 26 shots – for 36 points, like we're being really inefficient and we need to find um, a better way to, to get our scores into better areas. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the shots we're getting are pretty decent. You know, we're getting some transition yeah. threes, some some threes off offensive rebounds. And we're such a different team when those first couple shots go in. You take a look at oh, the, the Indiana yeah. game. Uh, I feel like there hasn't been a team like this I've ever seen. Like it really matters uh-huh. if their first or second shot goes in. Uh, otherwise, like, yeah. We know what we're in for if, if the first couple miss. So, um, obviously, we've been able to hang our hat defensively, but we got to find a way to become more efficient from three. We're getting outscored from the three-point line um, every game. So, uh, you know, the games that we are outscoring the opponent from three, like a lot of the games we're winning. So, I think that's a, a really yeah. crucial thing to look at um, as we move forward. Yeah, shooting the three ball better and doing a better job defensively of – making teams shoot a low percentage because what, you know, against that Rutgers uh, team, they shot high, what, 60%, and now Michigan. 
45% and where we're shooting in the low 30s or the 20%. So I think we have to do a better job of keeping guards out of the paint. I think Jet Howard and those guys did a really good job of getting in the paint, sucking in the defense and kicking it out and finding shooters. And just like always, we would make our runs, but they always found a way to knock down a shot, get in the paint, get a stop. So if we can do a better job keeping guards out of the paint and then rebounding the ball. I mean, Hunter Dixon's a big guy. He's a great player, but he had 15 rebounds. I understand we were playing small. I would like to see, you know, some of the guards getting there, kind of mix it up a little bit like Brooks has been doing. You know, even if they can't get the rebound, box out, try to help a little bit. So going forward, we got some things to adjust. And oh, after that, we got some things coming up now. We got some pretty different and difficult news about the Wildcats. I think we should get into our scouting report now, moving forward, going with Iowa. I'm sure you heard the news. What are your thoughts on everything? Yeah, obviously, I was having a pretty normal morning until I, I, I opened Twitter for the first time and, and saw that the, mm. the game was potentially being postponed, which is, is now official. It is being postponed due to, uh, to COVID circumstances and injury circumstances within our program. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was a little bit of a, of a weird day. I didn't even know these protocols still existed. Um, but, Same. hey, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't think we should have to forfeit the game. Uh, I think we have plenty no. of space. I know, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a cram somewhere in the schedule. Um, but I think both both parties here want to play the game. You know, at the end of the day, right. we're, we're all competitors. And, you know, you want to earn your spots. Um, so I don't think Iowa wanted to forfeit. You know, maybe they did. Uh, probably not. As a competitor, you want to play all the games. Um, you want to go out on top, um, look another guy in the eye and say, I beat you that night. So, um yeah, it's, it's definitely some, some interesting news here, and we don't know when it will be postponed, but um, you know, it, it's pretty tough news out of, out of our locker room uh, today. But I think we'll push forward and uh, hopefully we're out of protocol soon. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Definitely. Yeah, you know, like you said, a normal morning. You know, I drop the kids off to school and everything and come back home and I see a text from you with the news and everything. So I'm like, oh, man, you know, is this real? What's going on? So you know, it was difficult to hear, but, you know, obviously you care about the safety and the health of everybody on the team, the staff. So, you know, we're wishing them the best speedy recovery and, you know, just looking forward, you know, really hope that this doesn't, you know, last and it lingers for some of these guys with the sickness or whatever it is that they have. Because as you know how that is with COVID or things like that, some of these sicknesses and things that's going around, they can last for a little bit and it's not easy getting your win back. So the rest and everything can can work out for us, but hopefully guys come back fresh and ready to go. Yeah, I hope and, they're able to somehow like get in the gym, right? Like if if you're not if you're asymptomatic yeah. or you know you're just you're not feeling great, like have the ability to get into the gym and potentially get some shots up, even if it's on your own um, or with mm. a, you know a, a single person that you're quarantined with. So, um, well, best of luck to mm. the to the cats as they get back into it. Um, obviously, we're really Definitely. looking forward to to playing this game on the road at Iowa would definitely be a signature win for us. So, um, you know, knowing it's a, it's a tough place, tough place to play. They're, they're on a hot yeah. streak right now. Uh, they're obviously a super high-octane offense. And, you know, they mix it up defensively as well. But um, at the end of the day, they have a, a stud, uh, f- probably first-team All-Big all Ten performer uh, with Murray. Yeah. And then have a great supporting cast. I, I like Rebracha down low, very crafty. And then he have some, they have some great yeah. wing players as well as, you know, a veteran point guard like Tony Perkins. So, um, you know, as a fan, I was really looking forward to this game. Uh, I wish you could play it. Obviously, um, 
really hopeful that they can reschedule it and we can play Iowa and Iowa City because it's a great place to play as a player. Again, Jews, you know, great shooting rims at Iowa. Um, something about oh, like man. those lower bowls that you know you, you can get a good vantage point, and that rim always looked huge at Iowa. Dude, speaking of their rims, I remember, I think it was the second half there, my senior year, I slapped the backboard. <laughs> and for me, that that's the big thing. I drove baseline to the left, I slapped backboard. I remember, like, I love these rims. And as you know, as a shooter, that backdrop and everything, really good shooting rims and everything. But with that, you know, my take on the Iowa game, like you said, they got a stud in Chris Murray, the big guy down there, Rebracca. How do you Rebracha. say his name? I'm sorry. Rebracha. Rebracha. See, I'm, I, I mess up some of the players' names. But, you know, they're low down there, and that's, you know, one of our weaknesses. Our front court is thin. You know, last game, guys, they pounded inside the Hunter Dickinson. And from that, you know, we got into some foul trouble. So same message. We have to find ways to stay out of foul trouble. Maybe we should try mixing it up to try to alleviate some of that foul trouble. Sometimes play man, sometimes go zone, trap in the post, do different things. And from an offensive standpoint, I think we should attack Murray a lot, put him in ball screens, throw the ball down to the post, make him think about something else besides offense and scoring. Whether that's, you know, running someone off a stagger, just make him think and make him work a little bit more than he's used to working on the defensive end. And we got to rebound the ball, come out ready to play whenever that game is. Hopefully it's soon because I actually was looking forward to it too. You know, Iowa has the number one offense in the Big Ten, but they have, you know, their number 14 on defense. So it's one of those games like, you know, we're a great defensive team. But offensively, sometimes we can struggle. So I thought that would be a really interesting game. Yeah, to that's see. a great point, Juice. And, and I, one thing that I think uh, Iowa does a really good job of is, is like making teams play at their pace. And it, it kind of yes. sucks you into it. So, uh, you know, they think they can outscore you, which they do a lot of times. So I think it's a difficult matchup for us. Um, obviously, we got routed last year in the Big Ten tournament where I just think their pace and their overall like tenacity on the offensive end really took a. Uh, a toll on us. So I, I look for us to slow that game down a little bit, um, not get caught up in, in their pace and, and, and playing their game, but really play Northwestern basketball, solid half-court game, and I would execute them. Uh, I think that's how you got to beat them. Definitely. So we got that. We'll figure out when that game is, hopefully as soon. I know the Big Ten is going to do a great job working with both schools to figure out a day of when they can reschedule that game. So hopefully it's soon and the Cats are ready because we're going to have to bounce back and get a win on the road. So with that, you know, let's go scout report on the following game that we got Saturday. Wisconsin is coming into town. And as you know, when they come into town, it's a lot of red in the building. Sometimes it's more Wisconsin fans than Northwestern fans. So we're going to need that student section again. What are your thoughts on this game? Any players to look out for? Anything we should do offensively, defensively? What do you got? Yeah, so they're obviously they're, they're skidding a little bit. Um, they're missing their leading scorer. Tyler Wall has been out for a couple games, uh, but a very capable ball club. And, you know, a, another team that just controls the pace. They play their own way and have some guys that can can really fill it up. So, uh, you know, you look for a guy like like Chucky Hepburn to really step up in a role if Wall continues to be out. And then Connor Siegen, the the freshman, I think he's leading all yeah. Big Ten bench players in points, so he might be inserted into the starting lineup, but a guy that plays with a ton of confidence can really shoot it and is, is looking to get a, yeah, and is really looking to get a shot off over the last couple games. So um, look out for those guys, but I think this is a game where we need to you know make guys 
make guys beat us one on one. I think that's what Indiana did a, did a really good job of against Wisconsin is not giving up any easy baskets. Wisconsin had to work hard for every single uh, basket they had, and they ended up only scoring, you know, low low fifties or high forties, whatever it was. But it was an ugly game for them uh, offensively. Indiana really just controlled uh, the game physically. And then, like I said, really just didn't allow uh, Wisconsin to score any easy baskets, which is obviously a, a really hard thing to do because they're so disciplined in, in their action and what they run with that swing-oriented offense. So um, what are some keys to, to the game for you, Juice? What are you seeing um, you know, that Wisconsin could potentially pose as a problem for us? Or what type of solutions can the Wildcats bring uh, to really throw them off their game? Definitely, huh? think right away we got to come out throw that first punch that's the theme of this season we always got to get off the good starts like we talked about we're a different team a different ball club when we make those first few shots but I think we're going to have to be locked in sounds like Tyler Wall is coming back from injury I heard he got to practice this week they weren't sure if he would be able to play against Penn State when they play but I'm sure he'll be ready for us and as you know he can do everything he can put it on the floor he can shoot the three he can drive from the perimeter he can post up you know he's a lot to deal with and I'm pretty I feel like Robbie Barron will take that that responsibility on defense but like we've been talking about we have to stay out of foul trouble because after that you know obviously we can put Chase on him but is Chase tall enough to go to guard him he's a good post up player exactly so you know we do a great job of doubling but you know Wisconsin's good they're able to find guys move the ball around and like you said, I agree. I think we need to try to make them play one-on-one, have guys make plays. Obviously, Chucky Hepburn is more than capable of making plays. He can put it on the floor, run the pick and roll, create his own three. And I believe he's shooting over 45% from three as well. So we're going to have to come out, protect home court, play our normal style of defense, and work to get really good shots. That's the key, I think. Once we can move that ball around, see a couple of shots go in, especially early on, I think we'll be in good shape and just feed off that energy of the crowd. And it's a weekend game, Saturday, early morning. So students should be there. You know, maybe they'll go out Friday night, but, you know, they'll be able to make it. They can sleep in a little bit, but we're going to need their support because, you know, it's going to be loud with those Wisconsin fans. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I'd like us to do is just play a little with a little bit more pace. Uh, offensively and that doesn't necessarily mean shoot with you know 25 like with 20 seconds left on the shot clock right that means like let's get into our our offense and cut harder um like i want him to cut back door more like i'm I'm yelling cut back door cut back door all the time and every time we Mm -hmm. do it i think we are drawing uh, one of those step back threes that you and i made a killing on uh killing in the Mm -hmm. princeton offense so when we get to those princeton verities I would love to see us cut back door more, um, especially on the point screen away action, um, over the top. Like, over the, over like the we're top. always coming yeah. around. We're always coming around. And I think if we, we were able to mix it up a little bit more, cut back door, I think we have a little bit better flow to our offense uh, moving forward. Mm. Definitely. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Moving through the offense with more pace. You remember when we would play that Princeton offense, Spring. whether we're you know swinging it to the wing or passing it to the center at the top for point. After that pass, we're sprinting. Everybody's cutting, moving at 100 miles per hour. That makes it so much harder to guard when everybody's moving that fast. So that's a really good point. I definitely agree and think we need to move with more pace through the offense. I mean, you remember in practice, you remember in practice like 
you would obviously start with the ball a lot. And if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. playing guard next to you, I was running through. Mm-hmm. If we were running point, I probably ran 150 mm-hmm. sprints in practice. Just the same thing, straight <laughs> to the corner, like, like yeah. an absolute robot. But I, you know, I mean, but like I was running fast. I was rubbing off the center. I was allowing him to to get mm-hmm. open. But all those little things See, are going to make a difference. Those little yeah. things. The little things like that. So if you're not, even though if you ran s- slow, but no, obviously you yeah. didn't. You're running fast and just clipping the big man a little bit makes all the difference. Because if you don't do that, sometimes the big man can't get open. Our offense is yeah. done. So that's a really good point because a lot of people, you know, don't absolutely see those little details and little things that, you know, make good teams great. It's a really good point. I like that, Coach Alex. I remember. Good call on that <laughs> one. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that offense is so right. programmed into my mind. I could just like say, I think easily, I can still, I can still easily, run it easily. with no problems. There we go. All right. Well, with that, let's move on. Word on campus. What do you have for us? Well, I mean, obviously, we we talked a little bit today about the breaking news. Obviously, when this comes out, it won't be breaking. But um, I don't know what to really make of this this situation. Um, I think what worries yeah. me more is that they used injuries in there. Um, so I hope yeah. we don't have some some lingering things that are really bothering some guys. I know uh, Chase has been a little bit banged up. He's had a back issue. Um, Ty Berry didn't look like himself the other day. I'm not making any um, you know claims that it, that he was sick or anything, but um, he just was a little out of it. He didn't uh, play up to his potential. Um, we really missed him uh, in that Michigan game. So um, I'm curious to see how we bounce back from this. Uh, obviously, it's getting national attention. It's something that has been highly talked about in the media. People um, on social media saying that it should be a forfeit and, you know, what are we doing still? Yeah. But um, I, I'd like to see our response. And, you know, it's going to show in the first four minutes against Wisconsin if if we came to play and uh, if we're ready to refocus and obviously get back to over 500 in the conference. Definitely. Yeah, my word on campus is don't count us out. We lost a couple of games, but the guys are going to continue to work and they're going to continue to fight. Continue to support. And we got a big game coming up on Saturday. I'm following we the bracket. Protect home That's right. Court. I'm following all the bracketologists, you. So um, I know mm-hmm. what line we're on right now. It's, um, it's not what we want to hear from the Northwestern faithful, but there's plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. ahead on our schedule, uh, starting with the, the home game against Wisconsin. Uh, obviously going to be a great opportunity for a perennial tournament team uh, coming to your home t- to come to your home turf to try to to knock you off especially when they're on a losing skid uh, it would be a, a really yeah. big win for us obviously it'd get us to four and three in the conference and uh, you know again we talk about those one game seasons I, I think this is you know where it becomes most important when you're on a little bit of a losing skid how do you turn it around how do you get that first yeah. win uh, again to, to get you off the skid, uh, to get your confidence back, and then propel yourself forward in the conference. Absolutely. And we've been doing great when we play those early weekend games. So, you know, when we played DePaul, yeah, UIC, true. those early games. So, those weekend games, we, we know what to expect. Indiana on the road was a really game. Up early. Yep. And these are wins that we're getting. Sure. So, hopefully we can keep that going, come out with that energy, that fight, and let's get a win. Sounds good, Juice. Well, mm-hmm. uh, that it. wraps up another episode of the Wildcat Alley Podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We run the gamut. Catch us on YouTube, Everywhere. Instagram. You know what it is. Juice, appreciate you. Hey, we boy. follow back. My boy, always good talking to you, my All guy. Right.
All right, my man. New Amendment. Shout out. Keep it going. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.